I had a couple of conversations recently that really made me think about how we view diet, exercise, and our past. One busy executive said to me, I know what to do. I just need to get more disciplined. Now, as I talked to another busy executive, he told me, Steve, I'm in pretty good shape. I just don't like the extra body fat that I have. Oh, and by the way, I'm in a lot of pain. I know what to do. I just need to buckle down and do it. Both of these conversations brought something to the table that I wanted to make sure we discussed today. And that is that far too often, we believe we know what to do because it worked for us when we were in our 20s. Maybe it worked for us when we were an athlete and it's not working for us now. The challenge is the strict approach that we took when we were younger is not the same approach that we can take as we take on more responsibilities and we move through life. You may have been able to get away with certain things when you were younger. You may have even seen great results with going on a strict diet. But I'm here to give you the untold truth. Your failure has nothing to do with how strict you are, and it has nothing to do with your discipline. If you're not seeing results, you simply have a system that's not set up correctly. You simply have a system that is either incorrect or it's incomplete. We're going to discuss why dogmatic diets don't work and what you can do to make a conscious lifelong change to your overall weight, body composition, and your health so that you can become the most evolved version of yourself. All that and more on today's Evolved Man. Welcome to the Evolved Man, where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern man. The Evolved Man is for men like you who are willing to be strong, open, and aggressive learners. Men who are not afraid to disrupt and change. It's time we ditch the current conventional idea that we devolve with age, that the dad bod is our destiny, and that the glory days are behind us. Your best isn't behind you, and I'm here to provide you with practical tools, a few tips and tricks, and everyday wisdom to help you evolve into your highest form. Strong, lean, smart, educated, and emotionally intelligent. Now, let's go to war. And welcome back to The Evolved Man, where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern men. Hey, guys, before we get started, uh, do me a favor, will you? If you want to help other people, the best way you can do so is jump on and give us a rating. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple, you can give us up to a five-star rating. Doing so and sharing it with your friends helps us to get more reach. And you never know, uh, the stories that we tell on the episodes the topics that we discuss may just make a difference in someone else's life. So if you, like me, want to help other people, do us a favor, jump on, give us a rating, and share this episode with your family and friends. Now, the other day, one of my executive clients made a landmark observation. Wow, he said, I made a mistake. Oh, yeah? Oatmeal in the morning by itself. Wow. 
<laughs> laughed. I said, uh, yeah, you were probably craving cookies by midday, right? Yep. And donuts. I had a hard time stopping. Yeah, I responded, what you eat for the first meal of your day really sets up your neurotransmitters for the rest of the day. Now we discuss some alternatives that fit with his lifestyle and how can he can make sure that the first meal of the day is one that primes his brain, preps his emotions, and sets up his body for energy and vitality. It's not that the carbohydrates are bad. It's that the timing matters. Today, I want to talk about why dogmatic diet approaches don't work for sustained weight loss. As I mentioned in the intro, far too many people, and I'm sure you included, have told yourself, I know what to do. I just need to be more disciplined to do it. Well, if you sit in that camp, my friend, you don't know what to do. I hate to break it to you, but if you think that the old ways are all about discipline, then someone has deceived you, and it's time to take a break, hit the pause button, and look at a different strategy. You see, dogmatic diet approaches don't work for sustained weight loss. Simple, canned advice like eat less, exercise more, not only tells you what to do, but it misses on the how to accomplish what you want. I want to talk about why your previous strategies for dropping out extra body fat won't work long term. And unless you address the two most important aspects of nutrition, that you will not see the success that you're looking for. With over two decades in health and fitness and working with NBA champions, Olympic athletes, and top executives in every sector, I found the biggest mistake people make is they take a dogmatic diet approach. They sign up for some sort of diet religion, or they follow some sort of cookie-cutter canned advice, thinking that it's going to be the silver bullet to get them to the results they're looking for. They're looking for the latest scientific breakthrough, the new supplement, the new drug that will help them to reach the goals that are ever elusive. Let's talk for just a second about my story. Now, I'm not really one to share my story often because it may, it may not resonate with you. But it's my story, and I'm going to share it because it is truly the most authentic thing and the thing that's closest to me. You see, a few years back, I was traveling the country, speaking and coaching and helping businesses recover from difficult situations. I was helping leaders become better leaders, and I was lecturing to and coaching leaders on topics relative to coaching, leadership, conflict resolution, and more. But what was happening is I was carrying extra belly fat. I had ever-present love handles. I had an injured knee, had elbow pain, had low back pain, and every once in a while I would have this sporadic anxiety that would bubble up inside of me. In fact, one time I had a panic attack on a freeway when I was running late for a speaking engagement. So what was I doing wrong? Well, there were a few things. As I looked back and figured out in hindsight that I was trying to follow something that was too extreme. I told myself the same thing that many of these executives that I talked to tell me. And I'm sure the same thing that you say to yourself. I know what to do. I just need to get buckled down and do it. I was trying to follow something that was extreme. At the time, it was clean eating. 
more of a bodybuilding style because that's the thing that had worked for me in the past. The second thing I was doing wrong is I wasn't paying attention to the nutrients that I was taking in and how they were affecting me. Third, I was thinking that I needed to, quote, go all in or be strict. Because honestly, I just didn't know how to create long-term results in all of the areas that I was after. I didn't know how to stay lean. I didn't know how to reduce my pain when it came up. And I didn't know how eating needed to adapt based on my age and the things that were happening to me in life. I didn't know how to adapt to my travel schedule so that I could stay lean, get strong, and continue on a healthy path. My final mistake was I was trying to focus on too many things at once. So the end result became that I would oscillate from one extreme to another, but with very little result because the extremes were unsustainable. I ate somewhat healthy and was somewhat conscious, but I didn't understand how food was affecting my body fat, my muscle mass, my mental health, and my pain. I, I felt frustrated because pain seemed to come out of nowhere. My body, over time, got worse. I threw my back out more and more often, and in even more painful ways. This limited my movement sometimes for weeks at a time. I got soft, I lost muscle, and I kept gaining fat, and it seemed like no matter what I did, I continued to get fatter. I even started to believe that this was my destiny, my mindset changing, that the older I got, that this was just who I was. And unless I got and stayed ultra strict, I'd continue on the dad bod path. I kept gaining fat and my body fat percentage went up, but because I have a small frame and I wore tailored suits, I could hide pretty well. And so whenever I mentioned how I felt to friends or colleagues, they just laugh it off as me not having a grasp on reality. I quote, looked good to them and I shouldn't worry. This only made me feel more alone and isolated. The pain got worse, and it became something that was unsustainable for my workouts. My pain would shift from my elbow to my knee, to my hips or my back or wherever I was trying to lift, and it would stop me from doing the lifting and oftentimes would stop me from doing the things that I wanted to do. The fact is, my leisure activities became limited, and I just wasn't living a cool life. I didn't enjoy the things that I could do because I couldn't do the things I enjoyed. I also wasn't addressing how travel, time zone changes, long hours, in addition to being a few years older and quite frankly not recovering like I did in my 20s, was affecting me. I tried to eat and live like a child in an adult's body. I felt low energy, sometimes had acid reflux, sometimes felt that irritable bowel, some anxiety, and quite frankly, I felt overwhelmed. Eventually, I got overwhelmed, anxious, and depressed. I felt hopeless, like I couldn't make the changes that I wanted. And I was also embarrassed because my body didn't reflect the high standards that I had in other areas of life. But I was even more embarrassed because I knew better, or at least I thought I did. I was in fitness, so how could this happen to me? So what did I change? Well, I found and created and adopted four principles of evolution. First, eat to evolve. 
Second, time it right, nutrition, timing. Third, the synergy success strategy. And fourth, the priority principle. Let's break it down. First, eat to evolve. I created a sustainable approach to my nutrition, my movement, and my lifestyle. I knew that food and movement was much more than just eating clean and lifting heavy. So I adapted my program based on my current goals and needs. Every two to three months, I would sit down, evaluate my training and lifestyle, and ensure that they were balanced out. Now I know what you're thinking. You say, wait a minute, Steve, eat to evolve. And now you're talking training. Yeah, that's because your training is the thing that will tell you how you should be eating. When I had a goal and I was training a specific way, I wasn't adopting my nutrition to meet my needs. And so every few months, I started to shift my nutrition relative to what my needs were, relative to the program, relative to the goal. With my diet nutrition, I frankly only have one restrictive rule. I don't look at a dogmatic approach. I just have one rule, and that is this. I don't eat things that will harm me. Soy, for instance, because I'm allergic to it. I also don't eat ultra-highly processed foods that I frankly don't even know what they are, like McDonald's. If I go eat at a place like that, I have no idea what they're putting in the food. And I feel horrible. And it harms my energy. It harms my gut. It harms how I feel. And frankly, sometimes it just harms my soul. That's my only restrictive rule. Other than that, I eat how I want to eat. Next is my time it right nutrient timing strategy. I figured out that nutrient timing really matters. I learned how to track my food and how I felt. I watched my energy, my recovery, and my overall results, and I adjusted accordingly. For myself and all of my clients, I start with the two most important factors when it comes to staying lean and gaining strength, and those are satiety and framing. First, let's talk satiety. Satiety is how satisfied you are. Now, if you've ever been on a diet before, which I'm sure you have, you know that after a few days or a few weeks, you are no longer satisfied with the foods that you're eating. And a lot of that has to do with how you're eating, but a lot of it also has to do with the fact that you're eating foods that people are telling you you, quote, should eat rather than the foods you enjoy. Now, if you're going to tackle society, there's a few things you need to think about. The first one is protein. Think about protein in terms of chicken, fish, beef, anything that has eyes. These are your sources of protein. And when you get protein in, protein out of the three macronutrients of protein, fats, and carbohydrates, protein is the most satisfying. It's extremely difficult to eat too much protein. In fact, many of my clients, when we start them out on a nutrition plan, the biggest thing we have to tackle first is getting enough protein in to meet their goals. Start with protein and you will feel more satisfied. When we talk about staying satisfied, food 
has to taste flavorful. Now, I'm not talking about convincing yourself that the kale that you're shoving in your mouth tastes wonderful. It doesn't. You have to enjoy the foods that you're eating. As soon as you remove foods from your eating plan that you enjoy eating, you will, you're already setting the time clock for you to jump off of the diet. The diet will eventually die and you will not get the results that you're looking for. Flavor has to be a cornerstone of satiety. And finally, the timing of your nutrients matters. Have you ever thought about the minerals that you're getting in? When are you eating your protein? When do you eat carbohydrates? When do you drink your water? And how does that affect how satisfied you are and how much energy you have during the day? If you reach the dreaded drop around 2 or 3 in the afternoon, have you ever considered thinking about the timing of your nutrients? Next, let's talk framing. You see, if you don't tackle framing, then you'll continue on with this dogmatic approach and you will lose some weight, gain some weight, and lose some weight until 10 years from now, you're looking down at the body and saying, who am I? You see, there's four C's when it comes to framing food. But far too often, we think of food only in a binary. We think of it as pleasure, or we think of it as fuel. An escape, or I'm eating strict. I'm loving what I eat, or I'm buckling down. Food is not a binary. There are four C's when it comes to food. Food and our relationship to it is very nuanced, and it encompasses culture, connection, comfort, and clarity. Culture. Think about food. Food is a culture point. It's We sit around as a family, but our community, it's part of our tradition. It might even be part of our religion. What we eat, what we choose not to eat, what we drink, what we choose not to drink, it's all part of our culture. If we begin to think of food as a binary and we don't bring the culture aspect into it, we find ourselves in this cognitive dissonance, we're trying to do some mental gymnastics, thinking to ourselves that we have to just eat broccoli and chicken in order to get lean and ripped like the superstar that we see in the movies. But our family is Italian and they eat pasta. Why would we do that? Well, we can't. How it is, food is culture. We can't ignore the cultural aspect of food. And the reality is, you can eat what you want and get lean and live with great culture if you know how to do it. Next, food is connection. Gives you time to relax. It's time with family, time with friends, time with colleagues, time at sporting events. We connect over food. Eating a meal with a friend, a colleague, your family, it's one of the healthiest things that you can do. Celebrations, birthday parties, these are all times to connect. Recently, my son's girlfriend said, Steve, for my birthday, when we celebrate, could you make your famous donuts? Absolutely. You know why? Because food is connection. I don't know how many donuts I ate on her birthday. It was a lot. 
And you know what I did the next day? I woke up, I felt great and thought, wow, I've got a ton of energy. And I went and worked out, not to punish myself for eating the donuts, but because I had a lot of energy and I wanted to go work out and use it. I didn't feel guilty about it. Because the night before, we all sat around, ate great food, down the donuts, and we enjoyed a long, long time of playing games together, laughing and joking and celebrating. Food is connection. The third C is comfort. Think about the enjoyment and the pleasure that you get from certain foods. Maybe it's a food that your grandma used to make. Maybe your mom made you a certain type of cookie. Or maybe you just have that one food that you go to at the end of the day because you need to calm down, relax, and feel a sense of comfort. Now, several episodes ago, I interviewed David Robson, who wrote the book about the expectation effect and the power that that has on the way that we see life and our happiness. Now, in Robson's book, he references some work by Moshi Barr and others who, do, who have done research to show that how we describe our food, the flavor, the texture, the warmth, is critical to our comfort and our enjoyment and our pleasure to it. Again, I want to reiterate, food is not a binary. It is not pleasure or fuel. It's culture, connection, comfort, and the final one, clarity. Food is clarity and communication. It's the building block for our brains. When you ingest fats, those fats become cells inside of your brain. The neurons, the muscle cells, the fat, the fat cells, the hormones, the hair, the skin, everything in the body is built from the proteins, the carbohydrates, and the fats that you ingest. The communication from cells, the communication from your brain, your gut, to your mind, all of these things come with how you eat. If you don't have the right ratio of nutrients, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, if your gut is not healthy, if you're not getting the right minerals and vitamins in your diet, your clarity and the communication inside of your body is not there. Food is not a binary. It's not pleasure or fuel. It is culture, connection, comfort, and clarity of communication. Next, I developed my synergy success strategy. Now, the synergy principle, I don't think it's something that I came up with. I just found it. And it's this. There are two most powerful forces in the entire universe. The first is love, and the second is compounding interest. Let's talk about love. I know what you're thinking. That's a little woo-woo. But I stopped working against my body, and I started using the principle of love, and here's what I found. Think about it for a second. You don't have to be motivated to take care of something that you love. Think about your kids, your spouse, your hobbies, your business, something that you absolutely love. There is no motivation that has to be there. You do what it takes because you have love. You have purpose. Once I started appreciating my body, I leaned into the idea that if my body needed something, I did it out of love, not to fight against it. If I had pain, I addressed it by getting a massage. 
doing some meditation or some corrective exercise. If I was overly fat, I addressed it by finding the foods that energized me, that allowed me the satisfaction of eating well, while giving me the vitality to move well. Instead of punishing myself, instead of thinking that I needed to fight against my body, I started to observe the things that were great about it. And through observation, I developed appreciation. And from appreciation, I moved towards love. When you love something, you will take care of it. You don't have to fall in love with yourself overnight. You can start the same way. Observe a few things that you like about your body and how it functions. Over time, you can learn to appreciate and value those things. After appreciating and valuing, eventually you will start to fall in love with some of the aspects of your body. You won't get up just to go kick your butt because you're punishing yourself and you feel like you have to and you've got to yell at yourself to, go, to get going. You can actually just do it out of love because you say, I love my body and I want to make it stronger and I want to improve it and I want to be, help it to become the best body that it can be. I'm constantly lifting, training, stretching, moving, doing things that challenge my body. Not because I don't like it, but because I love it and because I want to see what it's capable of. Next is compound interest. In this energy principle, I've said that love and compounding interest are the two most powerful forces in the universe. And if you've ever looked at a compound interest calculator, you know that the majority of significant changes that happen in a financial portfolio happen several years in. So I had a theory that if I started with one simple change and it compounded multiple times over 10 years, I would probably get great returns. For instance, finding out that I was allergic to soy and getting it out of my diet led to me increasing energy immediately. It also fixed the majority of my digestive issues, which reduced the overall inflammation pain, helped me to get rid of my back pain, reduced the inflammation in my shoulder, my elbow, and my knee, and helped me to heal quicker. That one simple change has now compounded over years, and I don't get sick nearly as often as I did before. In fact, I believe in the last year, I've had one or two times where something that I ate bothered my stomach, and it was gone a day later. And I believe I've had one, maybe two times, where I felt like I was getting a cold, and then it went away. Small changes compounded over time make the biggest results. Finally, I started by addressing the priority principle. I addressed the thing that was causing me the most pain first, and then I built from there. I did what I teach my clients, the big bang activities. I didn't hide from the elephant in the room. I addressed the biggest thing first. So more specifically, you want to start with a tactic that can have massive improvements on many areas. And that's what we call a big bang activity. For instance, if you started a slow, progressive strength training plan, you would increase muscle, improve your metabolism, decrease your body fat, sleep better, improve your hormonal balance, increase love and longevity measures, and on and on and on. For me, my biggest issue was that I was carrying too much fat. And I wasn't eating relative to what my body's needs were. And so as I addressed the biggest thing, everything else started to get better. So what was the net positive? 
Well, I didn't have any more extremes in what I did. And I still don't. I'm actually stronger at 47 than I've ever been in my life. I maintain under 10% body fat all year long and I have great energy. Next, I'm conscious about how I eat and I use full uh, food for culture, connection, comfort, clarity, communication inside my body. The family and friends love eating with us because our food's always delicious. It's beautiful and fun. Additionally, my clients uh, who noticed eating his oatmeal in the morning causes sugar cravings later in the day. I found research from my experience that if I start my day with a high-protein, moderate-fat meal, very low to no carbs, I mentally perform better. Now, that's not the same for everybody. But for me, what worked was that. And I have longer energy, and I don't have that midday sugar craving. Several of my clients are wired the same way, but again, not everyone is. Building my eating around the four C's helped me to understand my biochemistry more and has made it so that I don't have to have super willpower to eat well. You see, I'm not more disciplined than anyone else. Like you, I have habits, some good, some bad, some helpful, some not, some effective, some less. I'm just like everyone else. Next, that positive was that I'm flexible with what I eat. But I have a specific, what I call SOP or standard operating procedure that works well for me. I don't do a dogmatic diet created by someone else. My SOP is something that works for me. Final net positive is my overall lifestyle framework is simple and it's sustainable. I have what I call regular board meetings. I snowboard, I wakeboard, I paddleboard, and I do that with some of the most important people in my life. I enjoy every activity that I want. And when my wife and I go places, we walk. We love it. When we're in Chicago, we hit our favorite gelato shop sometimes one to two times a day because it's there. And because we're probably getting over 25,000 steps a day while we're there. So rather than going after a dogmatic diet or prepackaged plan, I want you to ask yourself, what if I did it different? What if instead of following what everyone else does and everyone else says, what if I challenged the status quo and I started to move in a different direction? What if I follow different principles rather than the dogmatic diet? Now, as you know, I'm on a mission to help go against the current culture. When I was a kid, counterculture was punk rock, skateboarding, all of the things that I love to be involved in. And guess what? At 47 years old, I still want to be involved in the counterculture because 70% or so of Americans are either overweight or obese. Over 50% are, over, or are obese. And we now know that 97% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. I don't want to be a part of that culture. I want you and I to be a part of the counter culture. So will you join me? And on that note, folks, it's time to wrap up this episode of The Evolved Man. I am Steve Cutler reminding you that it takes time and consistency to evolve. But first, you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thanks for joining me today for this episode of The Evolved Man. 
If you're learning from and gaining value from this podcast, please subscribe to the Evolved Man newsletter where I can support you even more in your personal evolution. I want to help you reverse engineer your success. The Evolved Man newsletter is like getting a free coaching session to keep you moving forward on your path of personal success. Go to the evolvedmanpodcast.com to sign up today. If you found value in this episode, you can give us up to a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and share it with your network. That's the best way to support the podcast so we can continue to get great guests and provide you with the best wisdom for your daily life. Until next time, keep evolving.